Everybody, what you're about to hear is our second panel from Gen Virtual Gen Con 2020. We streamed it to Facebook Live. If you want to watch the video, it is on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash hiddenzoo69. Our guests for this one were Tom, John, and Denise, and of course me and Blake. It's a bit of a misnomer. Most of what we read isn't actually fanfic. Uh, probably 60-70% of it came from the fanfic maker at fanficmaker.com, which is a ton of fun. We got some really weird, funny stuff out of it. Anyway, uh, hope you enjoy it, and we will see you next week for a regular episode. One, let's get gross. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Hidden Zoo, where every week or so we make fun of an animal that probably doesn't exist. I'm Don. With me, as always, is Blake. Mm. Hi, Don. Ooh, hi, Blake. <laughs> and also with us for this uh, this week's special Gen Con episode of reading erotic, for certain definitions of the word erotic, cryptid stories are in, order, in, in the order you see them on the Facebook stream. Denise. Tom. Hello. Hi. John. Hi. Me. And Blake Blake's nipples. <laughs> get my can you see my badge? Did you guys get your badges? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mine's a mine's a pro badge. So <laughs> but you didn't go with the you didn't go with press. <laughs> no. Exhibitor. <laughs> I didn't want to go as a vendor because I didn't think I'd make my table money. Man, <laughs> Tom, John, remember the year we had vendor badges because they donated us to that booth and it was like the best yep. thing ever? That was nice. <laughs> Raised $500 for vaccines and had a home and base to report back to between panels. A whole bunch of people autism. It was great. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. That was a good year. Wait, sorry. Oh, shit. We're being recorded. <laughs> We just sorry, George put, Soros. Sorry, George delete, Soros. Delete, delete, delete. Don't worry, I'll edit it out. I will. I'll edit that out. So uh, we're we're here today, and hopefully you're here today to enjoy us reading some really, really silly sex stories involving some of our favorite cryptids, and they run the gamut from uh, actual, like, well-known bad fan fiction to random crap we have found to I have a couple that I used. I just made with a fanfic generator. Because I don't really care if it was written by a machine or not. I just want to laugh at it. Uh, the and... Hidden Zoo has become the horny zoo. Mm, thanks, John. I wish I had Hidden Zoo that. after dark. Files. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, John's going to start us off with, I, I, I don't know, if, if you've listened to our podcast, if, if you haven't, uh, what we do is every week or so we, uh, we make fun of crypto, cryptozoology because cryptids are inherently silly. And sometimes we talk about cryptid, uh, like, current events. And we did one during, was it the last midterm, right? Right, guys? Yep. It when, right. was a year ago. November. Yeah, God, it was, wasn't yeah. it? When there were multiple was politicians ago, two years ago? with weird Bigfoot ties running for office. Uh, one of them was Denver Riggleman, who was a devotee of Bigfoot erotica. John's going to start us off by reading a chunk of Denver Riggleman, former Congressman Denver Riggleman's. Bigfoot erotica. And just to point out, he was not booted from Congress because he wants to fuck Bigfoot. He was booted for Congress because he's a Republican and he performed a gay wedding. And so they didn't vote for him. 
So, so as Republicans go, he's not the worst, but he's still a Republican. So. And, and he also yeah. he wants to fuck Bigfoot. Jeez. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, no kink shaming. You're okay. Good point. So Denver Riggleman has two books that are out there that we know about. Oh, I should say he has one book that we know is out there. <laughs> and then he has another book that has yet to be published called The Mating Habits of Bigfoot and Why Women Want Him. And now, unfortunately, that one has never come to fruition, but he did recently lose his primary, so maybe yeah. Denver Riggleman will have a little bit more time to um, to put that one together and get that out. Well, so why, what, women want question. him. What? Yes. Before we dive into this, do we think Bigfoot can consent? <laughs> it depends I, on uh, what uh, powers we give him. Or does Bigfoot just have uh, just sign like Amy? <laughs> or can he talk? Or, or I guess Coco, if you're not a, a Congo fan. <laughs> if you're not a Congo fan, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I specifically avoided uh, fix with the non-consensual tag. Um, there were a couple that that could have could have maybe worked, like the the one about Chupacabra um, that I read the other day, but. Uh, I decided against it uh, because Chupacabra clearly couldn't consent and neither could the underage protagonist. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, we're trying I, not to get litigated, thanks. Right, yes. So what I do have for you is submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society is <laughs> Denver Riggleman's 2006 self-published book, Bigfoot Exterminators Incorporated, the partially cautionary, mostly true tale of a monster hunt, which <laughs> is ostensibly non-erotic, but definitely se sets the tone for what Denver Riggleman's passion is. It's definitely horny on Maine if it's not actually horny in text. <laughs> well put, well put. Um, so I'll just start here on page three. I'm 50 yards behind the Bigfoot hunters, and they have guns. I have a plastic telescopic Walmart hiking pole for my protection. <laughs> Something just howled in my right ear and no one else heard it but me. Me and my adjustable stick. <laughs> Denver. Spinner. Uh, little help, dudes. I know I said, but I never heard the words. I did hear a beep, then two beeps, then three. On the fourth beep, the super-duper sort of borrowed-from-police-fugitive-squad-team-gen-three <laughs> night vision went out. Darkness swept in, so thick, so black. The only thing visible was fear. <laughs> That's when a howl began in my left ear on the Sasquatch superhighway. Wait, 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 wait. Is that, is that like the internet for Bigfoot? I think that's like, it's like a dating site for Sasquatches. Only Sasquatches? Footly? Uh, it's like Sasquatchonly.com. It's like farmers only, but for Sasquatches. Like. Oh, now we need a, a, a late night, like an after 1130 <laughs> television ad for calling Bigfoots. You don't have, have to be phone. lonely with Squatchesonly.com when you're alone. Pick up I'm just... the phone. Uh, and We've got hot Sasquatches waiting to talk to you. Waiting to talk to you. Hot unknown hominid action. <laughs> They're ready to take your mating call. 
Oh, it's just like, where is that goddamn bunyip noise, guys? It's in the last panel. I'm just and saying. It's just, it's just sexy squatches, like, laying around in their bush nests. <laughs> looking sexy. One of them's eating a pizza. <laughs> the sexiest of food. Wait, here it is. I found it. Oh! There we go. It's got to punctuate every squatchesonly.com oh! commercial. Oh! <laughs> See, now I have to make that. There's now, just a... uh, now, now I have to get this old-ass MacBook to, to chug along and run Final Cut Pro so I can make a 60-second ad you need a, <laughs> for Squatches You need a guy holding up, holding up his phone being like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just. <laughs> He's. Mm. All right, continue, John. Back, back to Denver. The squatchers are in your woods. <laughs> the only movement was my walking stick thing shaking. <laughs> then, then I see my son Jimmy break off from the group and run back my way straight into the howls. No, you're not getting my son. I lift up my 399 Walmart walking stick, and in a flash, that flash being about two to three seconds, given that I'm 54 and all, I spin to battle the beast, now with only half a walking stick, since the bottom half, the one with the point that I need, is left sticking in the ground. Great. But I swing it nonetheless. Like a madman in a Nordstrom's half-price shoe sale, arms moving up, down, sideways, I let loose a close-in thrusting move that I saw while lying on the couch watching Zorro, hoping that if the beast has private parts somewhere, wherever mythic beasts keep them, my walking stick would strike Bigfoot balls. So did he get... You think he got some product placement money? <laughs> no, because it sounds like it didn't work too well. I'd be really upset if Walmart paid me to advertise their three ninety nine walking stick, and then I straight up said it was a piece of shit that broke in the mud. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a strongly worded email from Walmart's legal. Hi, my name's Denver Riggleman. I like fucking Bigfoot, and I'd like to speak to your manager. <laughs> this three ninety nine walking stick failed me at the key moment. <laughs> The climax. Like Nord- got violated. Like I'll leave it at the last line here. It was at this point that I felt the tug from my waist area from damn too close to my own mythic private parts. <laughs> wherever wherever he keeps them. <laughs> wherever he keeps them. <laughs> wherever congressmen keep their privates. So that's Congressman Den- Denver Riggleman, and I don't feel bad about dunking on him because he's... A member of the United States House of Representatives for six more months. So he, I think he wrote. Oh. His, I think he writes his own speeches. <laughs> I want to hear the the similes and metaphors he uses in his congressional speeches after after hearing that. Like a deranged man at a Nordstrom shoe sale. <laughs> I'm really curious about how like. How is the walking stick the main character in that <laughs> in that like three pages of story that I just read from it? It's you know it's a, it's the Pacific Northwest. It's like New York in in a, a romantic comedy. It's one of the characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, uh, Blake, you can you can confirm this. Literally everybody in Washington, Oregon, and Northern Idaho has a walking stick at all times. Yeah, yeah. I lived there for two years. It's true. 
I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah, um, British Columbia, oh, they do have walking sticks, but they're subsidized by the government, so they work a little better. Um, but people complain about they the wait times. But... Yeah, those walking sticks, those can take down a Bigfoot right, you know, mm-hmm. right in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> what, they what even if, locate the balls. What if that's the only simile he knows? Like, like, what if he gives a speech and he's like, uh, Congressman Ocasio-Cortez is uh, talking about spending money like a madman at a Nordstrom, Nordstrom shoe sale. This Affordable you know, Care Act is like a $3 Walmart walking stick. <laughs> I don't even always, know where it keeps its genitals. It's always giving breaking when you're trying to battle Bigfoot. Giving people $600 a week to not work makes about as much damn sense as buying those knockoff chimichus from Nordstrom's <laughs> and then going across the street to the rack and buying them knockoff Pradas. How the hell are we going to protect our sons from the Sasquatch superhighway? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm more I'm more oh. nauseous than a Nathan's famous hot dog eating championship <laughs> cleanup guy. I would like to read uh, a a uh, story from Hugo Award winning writer, well, from Hugo Award winning website uh, archive of our own. Um, this is Wrong by Syrup Wit, and it's actually kind of sweet. Uh, so I figured we should start it off before we start getting to, like, the buckets of Bigfoot jizz. Um, <laughs> buckets. So, lustrous berries brimmed from the creature's cupped palms. Though he was still full from the excellent salmon they'd shared earlier, Henry accepted a portion. The juice stained his fingers sweet and vibrant. Thank you, Henry said, blushing. The creature's eyes crinkled at the corners. The kindness in those grave, gentle features made something warm twist in the pit of his stomach. It was that salmon. <laughs> if Henry ever got home, he'd never live, it, live this down. He had been wrong on all counts. Bigfoot was not only real, eight feet tall, and covered head to toe in surprisingly soft, shaggy hair. He was also nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hashtag not all squatch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now I'm going to dive right into the crazy. This one is simply called Bigfoot, also an archive of our own. It's 117 words long, and yet it is tagged every Final Fantasy game to ever exist, and also crack, anal sex, established relationship. <laughs> and multiple orgasms. And I don't feel too bad reading this one because given like the the comments are mostly about how how funny this is and how it makes people laugh, I think everyone's kind of in on the joke. Um the summary of Bigfoot is quote, "Oh Bigfoot." Notes, <laughs> Bigfoot slash Cloud. <clears throat> cloud moans. Oh Bigfoot, he says, leaning over the lap of his overly large and hairy lover and he's totally already naked. Please fuck me, he moans his pretty boy eyelashes up at Bigfoot. Bigfoot makes a noise in reply and wraps his big, beefy fingers around Cloud's smaller frame. He picks the pretty boy up and out pops his three-foot-long dong. Cloud's mouth waters at the sight, but before he suggests anything, he's already being penetrated by the delightfully massive dong. Oh, whoa, oh, he yells, coming instantly all over Bigfoot's big old hairy chest. Bigfoot gives him a good thorough fucking and makes Cloud come 69 times. The end. Is there a more eloquent word, a more sexier word than dong? 
<laughs> music to the ears. It just it reminds me of the of the bit where George Carlin's like, you know what you never hear is when your when your fiance is having dinner with your family and she says, I'm gonna go take a dump. <laughs> it's like that level of eloquence. Shit. I love how they tried to put that as established relationship. I'm like, I feel like we didn't get that sense. Well, I mean, like, deleted scene. It was right. Yeah, it's it it's a side mission. If you put it, <laughs> if you put in the Konami code, once you finish all of the VR fights in Final Fantasy VII remake, um, <laughs> Bigfoot shows up and he fucks Cloud sixty nine times. No, no, just once. Just the once. That's right. Okay. Sixty nine. Yeah. That would hurt. Like after four or five. <laughs> Not if you're fucking Bigfoot. Blake, you lost audio. Blake, Blake can't hear us anymore. Uh oh. Oh no. No, I don't know what we to do. Sure. I guess we'll just keep going until he pops back in and he can read his when, whenever he figures his audio back out, because we're live. We are live. We are live on Facebook. Yes, live, live on Facebook. All right. So, um, who wants to go next? I don't care. I can. I just got to bring it up. All right. Um, so I picked a classic, um, a classic bad fic. It is, in fact, called First Encounter. Uh, this one's fairly well known. It's from 2006. Um, it was the official uh, ship of Fandom Wank, for those of you who are ancient as I am. And it features uh, the Hogwarts castle being fucked by the giant squid. <laughs> um. It is a, like a thousand some odd words. I'm not going to read this all. You don't need, you, you, you don't want or need this. <laughs> so it starts out just talking about how, oh man, Hogwarts is lonely. It doesn't have any kids to wander around it. And oh man, it fucking hates Filch. I'm like, wow, I don't, <laughs> that seems a little odd to start your erotic fanfic talking about how much the squibs all suck, but okay. So the castle is Slytherin? Yeah, apparently okay. the castle is uh, is really um, elitist. Yeah, which is fair. Well, it's a castle. Yeah, I mean, it's written you know. by a posh British lady. It's okay. <laughs> right, you'll have to forgive me for some of this because I'm this laptop is garbage and I'm trying to like scroll and it doesn't really do it so well. So any hoodle, uh, the squid is looking at Hogwarts, and it's like, oh man, he misses the students. And the squid's like, his huge eyes stared mournfully at his very large tentacles. At one time, he had dreams of being an actor. The larger he grew, the fewer agents and scouts would come calling until they finally stopped altogether. There wasn't much in the market for a squid that could split a schoolgirl from stem to stern. <laughs> um, I feel like there's a whole genre of Japanese entertainment that would argue that point oh yeah imagine if they could get a live squid that big they'd be they'd be beside themselves <laughs> they'd be inside can we, themselves can we notice can we notice the <laughs> the usage of ship language to describe women <laughs> a little bit i i've been a woman my entire life and i'm not sure where my stem and stern are all right but where's where's your... all over her starboard breast <laughs> Doctor from fore to aft. What I missed. <laughs> you, you, Nothing important. You have a head. You have a poop deck. <laughs> Say, I, did I miss nautical nautical nonsense? Yeah. You did. Aw. <laughs> 
All right. So then the squid decides to approach Hogwarts and starts caressing. God his damn outer it! Walls. This was this is the one I, I picked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you'll have that's to find I, another one. That's what I right. missed, huh? Fuck. <laughs> that's okay. Here, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna Facebook you a link to the uh, the generator that I used, <laughs> and you can just m- make your own. Just don't do Sesame Street or Avatar The Last Airbender, because those are the ones that I did. Don, spoilers, God. <laughs> it's okay. They don't know anyway, they don't know who's fucking a whom. Mm, these are facts. Alright, continue. Um, yeah. Uh so coming back to earlier where we were talking about things that can and cannot consent, both the uh squid and Hogwarts are vocal. They have words. That so they're they say. so they're sentient. Yes, they're sentient-ish. Um, so the squid decides to use his classic, come on, Hogwarts, you're lonely. I'm lonely. We don't have to be. <laughs> Besides, you can't go around manipulating your staircases. <laughs> which is apparently how Hogwarts jacks off, which makes all those movies really gross. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, that's very creepy. <laughs> As though JKR hasn't destroyed her legacy enough, now we know that that's just... The castle jacking it. Yeah, let, let's 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 be let's be real. This is not actually that surprising to learn in in canon. Also, it's actually an improvement over what J.K. Rowling's done to her works. Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel completely satisfied doing this the day after her birthday because fuck turfs. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so the giant squid proceeds to slide his tentacles into Hogwarts windows. Um, and Hogwarts is a fan. And Giant Squid's like, this isn't even the best part. He held up his two longest tentacles. These can reach farther than a room. They can go into your hallways. Ooh. I want them in me. Are you sure? They're quite large. Apprehension rolled through his kitchen again. While he was deciding, the Giant Squid forced another tentacle in. You have three tentacles left to decide. What if I don't? In response, the giant squid slid a sixth into another window. Two what pieces the use of the word tentacle as a unit of time. <laughs> <laughs> so then Hogwarts proceeds to slut shame itself for enjoying this. And it's like. Now there's that J.K. Rowling. <laughs> The phrase, would Beaubaton allow a giant squid to violate her? Certainly not. But Durmstrang would definitely allow a giant squid to shit on it. <laughs> if there's anything we learned from that, yes, that's it. Because th- this right, is, I- okay, I gave this rant at work a couple of weeks ago that everybody everybody makes fun of, like, Cho Chang and Parvati Patil. Like, you know, she, she takes her ethnic characters and makes them as ethnic as fucking possible. Mm-hmm. So obviously Durmstrang is into is into Waschenspiel and scat play. But um, it hit me when I was ranting to one of my coworkers that she even does that like to her Irish character. Oh, yeah. His name's Seamus oh, yeah. Finnegan. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's obsessed with blowing things up and drinking whiskey. Right, right. It, it, like everything that is not like white Londoner, she, the, it's the most stereotypical fucking thing on the face of the planet. Well, I mean, there's a reason the Weasleys all have red hair and live in a ramshackle hut with full of children. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're wizarding Catholics. Not subtle. <laughs> I'm just going to point to the fact that she named a character Sanguini the Vampire, and then I'm going to stare at that forever now. Because <laughs> what the fuck? Remus Lupin, what might your secret be? <laughs> a 
saw that drove me fucking nuts the first time I read it because I was an adult and I'm like, are you goddamn serious? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> I have two more excerpts from this and I promise you won't ever have to think about it again. Except in your nightmares. I don't know um, that I'll ever want, stop unless you want it. to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when, yeah whenever I whenever I uh, rearrange my staircases, I'll be thinking of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously Hogwarts can't bring himself to name his desires. So the giant squid has decided he's going to punish Hogwarts, <laughs> and with that. He struck Hogwarts square on the outer wall with a paddle-like tentacle. Hogwarts yelped and tried to squirm away, but the tentacles and his foundation held firm. Giant squid struck him with the other. Again and again, he spanked the naughty wizarding school until he sobbed for the giant squid to stop. And still he spanked. So, so BDSM stands for Building Domination and Squid Masochism. Structure. <laughs> if it didn't it fucking does now <laughs> I'm just sitting here trying to think of a building trying to squirm away I'm like is it like Baba Yaga's hut it's just gonna get up and go no we're not doing this mm. <laughs> I mean same fucking same dude <clears throat> alright and I know you're all thinking to yourselves Denise this is terrible how does a building and a giant squid come well <laughs> that is exactly what I was thinking actually <laughs> oh wow i didn't even notice this part before that i'll read that to do okay do, do, do. uh this was incredible the giant squid thought he really should have done this ages ago every tentacle was in a different window no schoolgirl, no matter how many movies she made could hold all 10 tentacles at once <sighs> he felt that familiar feeling and doubled his efforts. Ink exploded all over Hogwarts, some finding its way into the windows. He unified his tentacles somewhat, completely focused on Hogwarts. He must be close. Then it happened. Water shot out of faucets, toilets overflowed, and bread set in ovens to keep warm by those thoughtful house elves exploded. Hogwarts shook violently to its foundations, rousing filth from bed and sending house elves and Mrs. Norris scrambling for cover. Even Hagrid <laughs> heard the groan of stone and came running. Poor so... moaning Myrtle. She's just <laughs> minding her business in the boys' bathroom. And suddenly, <laughs> water squirting everywhere. So now not only are you like, all right, so rearranging your, your staircases is jacking it, but whenever your toilet overflows, it's your house coming. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And that's pretty much it. It's like four pages. It's disturbing. I don't understand why. I don't understand why these people think that ink is squid cum. I'm not a biologist, <laughs> but it's Man, not. I, just, I didn't know they were going to do the ink in the window shot. Most, places, <laughs> most move, stories won't do that anymore. Yeah, the onyx necklace is kind of cliche at this point. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd say jet, man. I mean... The obsidian necklace is kind of cliche at this point. We have a lot of options. Man, I saw the obsidian necklace <laughs> at Riot Fest in 1998. <laughs> they opened for Violent Femmes. It was rad. <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> um, hey, Blake, have you found another one or have you made another one yet? I'm I'm working on it. There's so many options. I know. There's so many to choose <laughs> I didn't, from. Well... The problem was I, I filled it all out, and then I found that they were presets. Yeah. So when I selected the Naruto preset, then it reset all, all, all my fun stuff. Oh, no. 
so that's I'm working okay. on it. Um, All right, well, I can I can pop in with right. uh, Mothman by Orphan underscore account. This is also on uh, on Ao3. Um, the tags <laughs> the tags are I'm sorry I wrote this as a meme and we're all going to hell anyways. <laughs> that is, as uh, the kids say, mood. Yeah, I stood there in my room dreading the fact I had to go to school again. It's my senior year and I still don't have a boyfriend. Four exclamation points. I shower and then throw my gray hair inspired by Billie Eilish into a messy bun and throw on my black leggings, Hollister sweater, and my silver sparkle Ugg boots. Just as I'm about to grab my backpack, my stepmom bursts through the door. Fucking knock, I shout at her. <laughs> she flicks her vape pen at me. Oh, God, she's that Morning. kind of mom. Yeah. <laughs> Blow that sweet cotton candy, vape stepmom. <laughs> Get your shit, your name. You leave today. I stand shocked. What do you mean? You can't kick me out. She blows out smoke into my face. So is she smoking and vaping at the same time? Because she flicked the vape pen at her, right. and now she's blowing smoke into her face. She just says backup well, as anyone, vapes. As anyone who vapes will tell you, it's not really smoke. It's water vapor. Right, yeah. So she must be smoking and vaping. She's double fisting her <laughs> nicotine. There's a there's a legend from the art club at my high school that uh, one of the art teachers was a well-known chain smoker. And uh, according to a couple of my friends who went on an art club trip to, I think, the uh, uh, Chicago Art Museum. It was a no-smoking campus. They were going to be there for like four hours. And so they get off the bus, and whatever her name is, you know, old, old Miss crack, Crackly Voice. I, I don't remember her <laughs> name. But she definitely, had a, she definitely had a Sylvia Brown kind of voice. <laughs> the story goes that she said, wait a minute. She put a cigarette between each finger, lit all three of them, <laughs> sucked them all down in one mighty pull. Exhaled and said, okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, uh, where did I leave off here? She blows out smoke into my face. I ain't kicking you out. It's getting hard to pay the bills with your ass still around here. I sold you. What? So she literally is paying me. the bills with her ass. Yeah. You sold me to who? She laughs as she points to the door. Meet your new owner, your name. I turn around, and there, standing in the doorway, <laughs> finishing a bowl of worms, this Mothman staring at me with his... Hi. I stutter. Oh, God. He's so hot, I think to myself. Hi, your name. He breathes on <laughs> my neck. If only he was a Mothman mailman. That's the only way this could get hotter, <laughs> is if Chuck Tingle had he a little He said no Chuck mood. Tingle. No. I know. But I got... I got you got to... You got to throw out, you know, like hat tip to Chuck. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, Don, this generator thing is amazing. I <laughs> know. Great. I'm real happy with what it came up with. <laughs> <laughs> is that all you wanted to read, Tom? Uh, that is the, the, oh, that's the, the entire, entire thing. Story. Oh, okay. Here, uh, <laughs> Blake, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us your, <laughs> give us your generator story. Uh, this is fanficmaker dot what? It is fanficmaker.com. That's it. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it's very fun. I think we'll we'll have some good results from yeah, that. Yeah, let me I'll just like give everybody a quick primer on it. In order to uh to first get into the website, you have to click a button that says I understand the dangers to my sanity. 
Yeah, so this is like a Call of Cthulhu creature. You're going to take sanity damage right. by using So like Blake said, it has a bunch of preset for different fandoms, but you can just fill in your own heroes, hero superpower, heroes hobby, hometown, female and male sidekicks one and two, the villain who's fucking whom. <laughs> and then there are sliders for violence, the ego of the author, the amount of sex, and how cliche it is. It's pretty good. All right, so guess which guess which sliders I maxed out. <laughs> Sex All and violence. No, no middle I, sliders. I, I, <laughs> no. Monster factory. No. This motherfucker. That's not what those are for. <laughs> they go one direction, <laughs> and that's all the way to one side. Did you did you use the one direction presets? Oh. Violence all the way up. <laughs> Sex all the way up. Cliche all the way up. Ego all the way down. You don't want you don't want the authorial voice coming through too heavily. <laughs> I just wanted to see what would happen, and you want to know what happened? Yeah. All right, the story: Naruto colon the next generation. <laughs> Isn't that just Boruto? That's what, yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> That's the whole point of that series. And I picked Naruto because I know little about Naruto except that they run goofy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> And they're ninjas. That's um, two facts. That's how ninjas run fast, Blake. I, I, oh, and that the main the main character is Naruto. You know that. <laughs> I know that part. Well, then you so, nailed it. That's the whole show. Yep. There you go. Nine hundred awesome. episodes. So that's he, all it, it is. Does he does he become a ninja? I don't even know. Okay, ready? Yes. Sakura felt really depressed one day. She had been slitting her wrists even more than normal. <laughs> That's the, first, that's the first sentence. She had just found out that she was adopted. What, what's a her normal parents, level? Parents, yeah. We noticed a little bit. I dabble. Her real parents turned out to be Nobels from Europe, spelled it that way. They had a upper-class skyscraper and were mighty ricked. But she had none of that richness around. It made her feel pretty bad about herself, so she listened to some good music. Good Charlotte? But long, but long she did not have to be depressed as D.B. Cooper came in and kissed her in her special place. <laughs> That's the protagonist shoot in? story. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. I haven't read the whole thing yet. <laughs> D.B. Cooper came in and kissed her in her special place. Parentheses. They had fallen in love at the end of the story. See? <laughs> I'm going to read the punctuation because that's funny to me. And he said, I love you so much. I like pain. As I am into that stuff. But I know you are hurt now and not in the sexy way. But what is wrong with you? If you feel bad, then I feel bad, but not in the sexy way. <laughs> so Sakura told him the whole story. He was shocked to hear this and said, I'm really shocked to hear this. <laughs> Your parents are monsters. Which ones? All four of them. I don't like them. As much as I don't like Hinata, apparently, another Naruto character. <laughs> and that was a lot. Be oh, Blake. Blake. Oh, no. We lost your audio, Blake. Now we'll Soccer never know. We got some hiccups. Blake. Oh. Okay, you froze yes. for a while. Go back, go back to, uh, and that was a lot. That's where we last heard you. Um, oh, and that was a lot because Sakura knew that D.B. Cooper hated Hinata because she was unbelievably stupid. Oops. 
Oh, more. You're locking up some more. This enhances is this the Naruto accurate? <laughs> thanks, thanks, Cameron. Why? Why are you like this? <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> God damn it. Parents. Hmm? Blake, you keep cutting in and out. All right. You got me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. They got a letter. They're invited to meet some a duchess or something. Oh, my, said Sakura. This is rad. But D.B. <laughs> Cooper was a little skeptic. Maybe it's a trick. <laughs> Why, said Sakura? Because there are ellipses. Rumors of bat squash <laughs> still being around. Damn it! Did you hear, did you get that? Bat squash. Bat squash may still be around. Surely he could not come all the way to Europe, said Sakura. Think that bat squash could travel that far? Herm. It says Herm. Herm said DB Cooper contagiously. We just have to be careful. Hold on, exclaimed Sakura. There is something else in the invitation. Princess Sakura, hereby we also bestow upon you the keys to the cage of a flying unicorn your parents have provided you with. Also, whenever you hold this key in your hand, your powers are increased. She was really happy with that, but also felt a little bad for D.B. Cooper. <laughs> After they had a relationship, D.B. Cooper had taught her his parachuting, and she picked it up really well. She was now even better at D.B. Cooper at the parachuting. <laughs> <laughs> As you fill in um, superpowers and hobbies, so that was his. That's his suit. That's D.D. Cooper's superpower. It has to be. Yeah. But little did they know that the invitation was not from Sakura's European Nobel parents, but from Hinata instead, and she had teamed up with Bat Squatch. <laughs> this is pretty silly. Really? <laughs> yep. Is it any sillier than a squid fucking Hogwarts? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's hard. That's a really hard comparison to make. <laughs> I know. It's, I'm comparing apples and a squid fucking Hogwarts. <laughs> hey, do you want to? Do you want to hear what DB Cooper thinks of Bat Squatch? Yes. <laughs> There's a long, tortured description of him thinking, <laughs> and here's what he's thinking. Is he thinking Bat contagiously though? Bat Squatch's smile shined like marbles, as impressive as an SUV. <laughs> it filled the warehouse, and D.B. Cooper was helplessly but willingly absorbed into them. <laughs> Bat Squatch's eyes were like marbles. If you rolled them, they would go quite far. Bat Squatch's legs were like a radio tower, straight and tight. <laughs> Bat Squatch's chest was like a, a lacus? La 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 I don't know what that is. Powerful and impossible to ignore. These are some Denver Riggleman level <laughs> similes here. I mean, sure, D.B. Cooper and Batwatch had sex with each other before when they met at a club once, but it was just a casual thing. <laughs> One of many that night. <laughs> but things got too messy and D.B. Cooper snapped out of it. But the thoughts of Batsquatch would be back. Would he be able to resist next time? <laughs> Our sad adventurers walked backwards into the jaws of certain death that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Suddenly, D.B. Cooper made love to Shikamaru. Ages of days survived before the fighting started. 
oh, look, we are at our destination. We had to arrive to. Yeah. <laughs> this thing writes just as well as anyone else on fanfiction.net. Oh, it keeps going. Oh, God. <laughs> how long? Oh, at the end. <laughs> Do you want to know how it ends? Please. Yes. Well, looks like they'll be busy for a little while. Cake? Question mark? <laughs> Bat Squatch. No, the cake is a lie. <laughs> it's 2008. <laughs> That's really weird. Like they, whatever, whatever uh, database they fed into this, people must have been referencing Portal a lot because the cake is a lie shows up in one of mine too. <laughs> kind of like that nice. as an episode title, honestly. <laughs> the cake is a lie. Uh, okay, uh, I think I'll go. Um, John, unless you want to go next. Nope, go ahead. All right. So uh, I generated this from the fanfic generator last night and couldn't figure out how to email it to myself, like, through their proper form. So I just copied and pasted it. I forgot to copy the title. But the uh, the name, the author name that it generated for me was Serenity Dark Moon Raven. <laughs> that's the default. Okay. So, uh, I, that, that's, so these are all by Serenity Dark Moon Raven. I don't know the title. <clears throat> uh, it starts like this. A little later, Bigfoot was taking a shit. <laughs> um, I'm already hard. <laughs> Don't start. No, just, I'm that's I'm that's a fucking Anna Karenina opening right there. Like, you remember that for the rest gonna, of your life. I was going to say they ripped that off of Tale of Two Cities. Tale of Two <laughs> Cities. Rebecca, the great the opening lines of uh, uh, Great Gatsby, the great opening lines you've ever read. Sasquatch just took a shit. <laughs> a little bit later. Sasquatch yeah. tells you this is happening. In rest. Yeah. Later. Yes. All right. So, continuing. <clears throat> he was having trouble, though. It felt like days passed and still no sign of release. Help! Ah, oh, Christ! When is this epic poo gonna pass? Bigfoot exclaimed, his face wincing with effort. He made every effort in his little boy body to expel this demon thing from his womanly backside. <laughs> <laughs> I like how gender fluid Sasquatch is. And age fluid, apparently. Yep. He's a little boy. He's a little boy body. <laughs> and a oh, womanly that's, backside. Uh, that's what, uh, the Meredith Brooks song was about. Like It was originally titled Squatch. I'm a little bit of everything all rolled into one. I'm a boy. I'm a Sasquatch. I'm a... <laughs> That's a dated reference. <laughs> That's what well, makes it like great. A fashion bug, thank you. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next paragraph. Just as Bigfoot was going in for another push, ellipses, dot, dot, dot. Without warning, the bathroom door suddenly burst open unexpectedly. Ah! And that's not Bigfoot. That's the, the narration going, ah! <laughs> well, hello, Bigfoot. A seductive noise whispered from the doorway. A shadowy person stood leaning against the doorframe, his deep, sensual voice, which Bigfoot knew immediately. His mind began racing, and a nervous sweat began pouring from his face and groinal area. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch? Is that you? What, what are you still doing awake? He appeared in nothing but a towel, seemingly ready to take a steamy shower. However... He couldn't with Bigfoot nearby. They were like family now. Oscar was like his cousin. Any sane person would never allow their own cousin to see them in the nude, right? 
right? I love how, Shit! How your fanfic generator has decided it's going to go for an uh, an age play incest story. Have you been to Pornhub lately? Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> the front page of all of Pornhub for the last two years, every time I open it up, is stepsister and dad, cousins and cousins. Like, what, what the fuck, America? Like, top videos in America are... Oh, Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> Set your location. I also appreciate that this is clearly like what happens after HBO by Sesame Street. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Sesame Street after dark. Sesame Street Real Sex 3. (laughs) I'm just waiting for David Duchovny to show up. Come on. Sesame Street Confessions. Yeah. Oh, I felt dirty for masturbating all day. You ever feel dirty, Bigfoot? Yes. I I mean, no, 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 never. Bigfoot shrieked. He became so immensely worked up, he cleaned his colon clear of the demon feces that had been clogging it. So I'm glad that it remembered that plot point and paid it off. It didn't just forget yeah. that he was trying to take a monster dump. <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah. It, it, hey, that, I honestly like half expected this to become like an enema scene. So Yeah, no, no. He was just, just so scared. He just, just everything. <laughs> right. Uh, he he just uh, Oscar scared the shit out of him. Um, his voice also cracked like he was thirteen again. But in comparison to the loud flatulence he just unleashed, who cares? Oscar the Grouch heard though and giggled like like a adorable baby girl laugh. It sent tingles all up Bigfoot's spine. Oh, you've always been the shy one in the family, Bigfoot. Bigfoot was not shy. He defeated Oscar and blew up his evil machines for Christ's sake. And now he suddenly found himself speechless. Was he going to see his metaphorical cousin literally naked? Little did he know, that was merely a chocolate sauce on the banana split of love that was to come. <laughs> uh... Man, I should have I put the count in mine. <laughs> <laughs> One orgasm. Ah, 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 ah. 69 <laughs> orgasms for Cloud. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> The shy, and ex- <laughs> the shy and excitable one, said Oscar the Grouch, finishing the sentence with a sly smile. But what the? And before Bigfoot could send the third word out of his mouth, Oscar the Grouch's towel dropped to the floor, setting his swingy bits free into the mist of the shower. <laughs> so I stand corrected. Uh, dong is not as classy a word as swingy bits. <laughs> That's a real that's a real yep. Beowulf ass kenning there. Yep. <laughs> the one that the, the the one that generated for me did mention bits a couple of times. Bigfoot noticed everything on him instantly. His soft butt, his magically gravity defying middle leg, and the <laughs> 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 And the small And the small thingy colored birthmark on his butt, which which is colored the same as a thingy, you know, which which Dude, made Oscar's him feel doing, funny. Oscar's doing like a full one eighty for him. Oh then, yeah, right? wouldn't you? Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, which made him feel funny as he had one there too. Oh, Bigfoot also had a thingy colored birthmark. Still, I don't know. This is a really little. This is a little. It's a little OOC, Don. He's out of the garbage can. <laughs> Still, the sight Shouldn't of his swingy bits be a guy, <laughs> just a guy with his hand up his ass. <laughs> Still, the sight of his near perfect body caused Bigfoot's penis to become very hard. 
It stood erect and proud, pointing straight towards the mighty heavens. Hee <laughs> 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 hee, oh my, Bigfoot, you're more impressive than I thought. Um, yeah, yeah th- thanks, Oscar. <laughs> you're cute, too. This is so wrong. It raced through his head at lightning speed, but the beautiful, wet, soapy body that stood before him spoke otherwise. Him, shapely body, was everything Bigfoot <laughs> could want and something to wank to. Yet did family-like relationship matter? Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Just as Bigfoot was committing, committing to a path they couldn't go back from, Bigfoot burst into the toilet. <laughs> What are you What are you two up to? Uh, nothing, said Bigfoot as he casually slapped his pants back on. Oscar the Grouch, who Bigfoot didn't notice, picked up his towel and backed out slowly. Really? I was just going to have a shit, see? Bigfoot gestured to his shit. <laughs> oh, that's I'm shit, all right. Back. It's, it's uh, what, introduction, uh, recursion, and... Uh... <laughs> This is the Bigfoot Bigfoot shit is the 399 Walmart walking stick of this story. Really holding the whole thing together. Chekhov's dumb. <laughs> oh, that's a shit all right. One hell of a shit. Okay, if you're done, we better go. So Bigfoot put his other pants on and left. He had a serious case of blue balls, but at least his anus didn't feel so bad now. As he walked out, Oscar whispered one word, a word of hope. Later. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to yeah, skip to, so to the was, end. That story was brought to you by the letter D. <laughs> and the number two. Oh. So I'm going to skip to the end. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a climax, but um, uh, and then there's a page break, after which did the denouement, it, it suddenly becomes a script fic for no apparent reason. So I want to I uh, skip a little bit ahead towards that. So... When it was over, they cleaned themselves, the room, and the nearby condo. It took a while. <laughs> Fortunately, they finished before any of their friends got back, so their little secret was safe. For now. So we defeated Oscar the Grouch, and everyone was satisfied. Oscar the Grouch. What do you mean it's not over yet? I'm invincible. Me, parentheses Bigfoot. No, no. Back into your casket. Oscar, grr, you will never get me in my box. I am too large and too sexy. My flesh tower won't fit. Author, oh no, it looks like the characters still want a story. Me, comma, Bigfoot, of course we do. Or cake. I love cake. Oscar, well, I'm going to steal your cake. Me, no, what's going to be my dinner now? Oscar the Grouch, mwahaha, life isn't worth living without cake. So just die already, will you? <laughs> Me, okay, er, you're right. Life isn't worth living without the awesomeness of cake. Farewell, bitter world of cakelessness. Bert, chato mate ah! I don't know. Denise, you majored in Japanese. Proud? What the fuck is that? I think it means hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, that sounds <laughs> right. <laughs> that's how you. That's how you shoot a wave of holding on power at Frieza. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Oscar. I like, the, like I like the Kurt Vonnegut illusion of like the characters getting to meet their author. Yep, it's it, it is really it's it's high literature. Oscar, mm-hmm. huh? Emoticon, like the up, the, like the smiley eyes. Mm, that that one emoticon. Anime face. Yeah, Abby, Abby, Abby Cadabra. She's she's in here now. Um, Domo Desica. 
Me. Cake. Need cake like brains, but cake. Bert. Well, I want you. How about that? Bert winked at me, but I wasn't into that sort of shit. But Abby was all hot in that, I thought. So I left the fanfic and looked for a nice bed to crawl into together and maybe more. Me. Oh, definitely more. I'm going to rip your clothes off and plunge my pecker into you over and over and over and over and over again until you explode in pleasure and sweat. Author. Well, looks like they'll be busy for a while. Cake. Oscar. No, the cake is a lie. Give me it. The end. Why? <laughs> well, let's. I, I can complete our trifecta of of auto generated stories here. <laughs> Please do. Uh, with how uh, much cake is in yours? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I haven't actually searched, but I can find out. None. Really? Okay. Word has finished searching this document because I also copy and pasted. Uh, I uh, mine did not generate a title, um, so I called this one "Taking One for the Team." by Aquarius Pelagium. Uh, <laughs> uh, author's note, I saw so many stories with this subject, so I tried one myself. I hope you like it. Read and review. Don't forget to like me on Facebook. Everyone who looked could see there was an undeniably ravenous animal attraction between a mermaid and Nessie. No one could <laughs> deny it. No one except Nessie and a mermaid, that is. They seemed blissfully unaware of their attraction to each other. Unaware of their boundless, uncontrollable lust. Every time they met, they didn't show it, but everyone knew. Everyone knew what was really going on between them. A war of lust. (laughs) And everyone knew that it was an unsuitable situation. No one wanted to be dragged into that war. Something had to be done. Far, far away, in a magical, faraway, distant land. In the middle of all this, finally, Werewolf Quint from Jaws could stand it no longer. He found a mermaid and pulled them to one side. That's it. It's ruining the team. It's clear you can't function while Messi is around. What? No, I am fine. No, it's very clear. You need to do the banana in a fruit salad with them. Everyone else Everyone else in the room nodded at this. But doing the banana in a fruit salad with Nessie, isn't that um wrong? Oh, sure. It's wrong. Very, very wrong. But just because something's wrong doesn't mean it shouldn't happen, does it? No, I suppose not. A mermaid wandered off thinking of the banana in a fruit salad. How will she introduce the idea to Nessie, and would they accept it? Well, first of all, you got to get one of those old uh, 1970s cartoons about making yourself a fruit salad with a banana. Uh, right. yeah, hold on. Let me, I'm going to go on Urban Dictionary for banana and a fruit salad. <laughs> It's not exactly. It's not exactly Freudian, right? Like, uh, yeah, but it would be all mushy and gross. <laughs> once upon a time, after his great adventures, <clears throat> Werewolf Champ was wondering what to do that week. He had picked up his life from where he left it and wanted to make something from it. Then, all of a sudden, a strange woman appeared on Werewolf Champ's doorstep. She was hiding beneath a long cloak and had long brown nails on her fingers. Is, it, is this a Champ the Lake Champlain monster? This is Champ the Lake Champlain monster okay. that the story decided was a werewolf. Um, her dirty hair flushed down from beneath the cloak, and she had glowing eyes. You are not who you think you are, said the strange woman. What do you mean, said Werewolf Champ. You are not who you think you are, she said again, with a mysterious crackling voice like a bad radio transmission. <laughs> Uh, I still don't understand you, said Werewolf Champ. Here, take this, she said, and gave Werewolf Champ an alarm clock. Take this and give it to your parents or guardian. They will know what to do with it. Is that your McGuff- Is the MacGuffin an alarm clock? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that, her parents will tell me. Before Werewolf Champ's eyes, 
Werewolf Champ was confused, but thought that he had to do something. But rather than going to his parents or guardian, Werewolf <laughs> Champ decided to show it to Werewolf Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, said Werewolf Megalodon. You must forget about this. Why, inquired Werewolf Champ, what do you know? I dot dot dot. I can't tell you. My dear Werewolf Champ, I didn't think it would be this soon. What? Yelled Were- Sorry. What? Yelled Werewolf Champ. Are you keeping things away from me? It's dot, 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 dot. It's for your own good. You cannot know this, said Werewolf Megalodon. And before Werewolf Champ could do anything, Werewolf Megalodon had escaped his grasp. No, damn it. When will I ever know the truth? Werewolf Champ was feeling depressed. One of his best friends abandoned and betrayed him. It hurt. So Werewolf Champ wanted to find Werewolf Nessie. Now Nessie is also a werewolf. After their adventure, Werewolf Champ and Werewolf Nessie had been spending a lot of time together. Werewolf Champ kind of started to like her. So I don't think that Nessie started off as a werewolf, but obviously Werewolf Champ bit him, and then he also became a werewolf. Right, clearly. Is Nessie a boy? No, Nessie's a girl. I misspoke. Totally. Okay. Uh, Well, not according to the book that I purchased on Amazon Kindle earlier today. Well, I uh, meant within the within the canon of your story. Right, yes. In this story, we all know that Nessie is uh, is male, but this story presupposes, what if she isn't? Um, <laughs> Werewolf Champ went to Werewolf Nessie and told the whole story. She listened to Werewolf Champ without saying a single word. Then she said, WTF, this is so big. And Werewolf Champ said, I know. Do you know a way to find out what is happening? Why is everyone hiding things from me? Uh, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Oh, I, I can't help but picture this song, or the lyrics to the, the word to this is the lyrics to Muskrat Love. Yeah. Werewolf Nessie, <laughs> Werewolf Champ. I hope werewolf you guys Nessie really wanted to the, listen to this. Werewolf Nessie looked at the teddy bear that Werewolf Champ had received and said, it kind of looks like the... Cr- <laughs> Here's where the MacGuffin comes in. The MacGuffin I define kind of looks like the a crystal from Atlantis, doesn't it? <laughs> Could be, but it might not be. But yeah, certainly it might be. Whatever it is, I can recognize it quite well. And I think, Werewolf Nessie said, that perhaps the mysterious woman wanted you to find something inside of you. Inside? Like my heart? <laughs> no, no, like this alarm clock. <laughs> don't be silly. Like a mammary. Think about it. If your parents lied to you and now Werewolf Megalodon doesn't want to talk to you about your background, perhaps there's a hidden memory in your head. Werewolf Nessie's logic was flawless, so Werewolf (laughs) Champ had to try it. So Werewolf Champ concentrated on the object. Immediately, he felt drawn into it. It started out as a vague, fuzzy feeling like, or sorry, it started out as a vague, fuzzy thing, like when you wear glasses and there is a lot of moisture in the air and you see a dog head on the horizon. But then it turned out there was a secret memory hidden between the veil layer of self-loving in his head. And within that memory, a burning figure appeared. It was Werewolf Quint from Jaws in hell. God, I was waiting for him to come back. Yeah, right? Uh, This Um, is my favorite character, obviously. I get there. Portable shower of monkey cage. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, Werewolf Champ cried out and sobbing. It was very sad. A mermaid finally found a moment to pull Nessie away from the others to have a private moment. A mermaid, we have to do it. 
I know. My team told me as well. <laughs> Apparently, our feelings are causing problems for everyone else. So we agreed. We finally let our feelings out of their cages of repression they had been caged in all this time. Feelings go in the cage. Cage goes in the water. <laughs> Nessie's in the water. Werewolf Nessie. Our repression. You're going to need bigger feelings. <laughs> Uh, farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish Nessies. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, for the team, no, dot, 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 for us. A mermaid leapt on Nessie. At that moment, the raging manatees that they kept locked up finally unleashed. A mermaid and Nessie became quickly became a ball of body parts, ankles, toes, torsos, and foots all tangled together. <laughs> a mermaid didn't know what bit to focus on, so grabbed a spare knorr and tried, dived in. P-N-O-R. I have no idea what that's supposed to be. More, 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 whispered Nessie to a mermaid. Their lovemaking was like a sunrise of vaginas. <laughs> So I didn't realize the the manatees that they had kept locked up were a metaphor and not literally manatees that they kept locked up. I didn't either. <laughs> That's the beauty of auto-generated uh, story. Uh, it was. It's like they were everywhere, inescapable. Not that either of them wanted to escape them. Things got dot 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 messy dot 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 from that point <laughs> on. <laughs> Nearby, the others occasionally oh, heard various bodily function noises, but politely ignored it. <laughs> this had been coming for far too long to ruin it now, and this team bonding was very much needed. Uh, <laughs> then Werewolf Nessies came up with the perfect plan. Why don't we kill Werewolf Megalodon? You know, take revenge, that sort of thing. <laughs> werewolf Champ thought that was an interesting idea. The idea it took a very Hitchcockian turn all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> the seemed very tempting and also a bit sexy. But how do we propose we do this? Simply. We attract him using your naked body, and then we trap him, and then we kill him. Simply? (laughs) And so they did it. I love a simple plan. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was fine now. Werewolf Champ did no longer feel wrapped. And they defeated Werewolf Quint from Jaws like they wanted to, and they lived happily ever after. (laughs) With inescapable vaginas. (laughs) Right. A sunrise of vaginas. Of vaginas. I mean, I that... was really hoping that the twist would be that, like, Chris Cooper, the gay neighbor, was actually the killer, and that <laughs> Nessie and Champ didn't really do it. Shit. So, going back to that other one where, like, after Bigfoot and whatever had the fucking, um, and then they cleaned an entire condo, I thought that that might just be separate. Like, that was just a thing on their to-do list. Like, all right, we're going to bone, I'm going to take a giant poo, and then we got to clean the condo. <laughs> Obviously, they're one of those like, like zero and poop in there. Yeah. Um, so, do we want to hear um, my tribute to my favorite fanfic author, E.L. James? Yes, please. absolutely. <laughs> okay, so this was when when Don and Tom were working through some of the uh, auto-generated ones. I thought about how easy or difficult it might be to try one, writing one of my own, and I uh, gave up on it, and then I decided, and then I realized, like, this has got to be a tribute to Fifty Shades of Grey. And so I called it Fifty Shades of Snow. 
as I wake up. That it's uh, that it's also a reference to Twelve Inches. Of oh, of course. Oh, of course it is. Yes, <laughs> a licky boom it's boom down is, is going to be tucked in there somewhere. So get you get ready for it. <laughs> I'm going to get sultry here. Hold on. <laughs> as I wake up. I feel the wave of soreness wash over my body. Wait, wait, you didn't grab your keys and put on a little makeup? <laughs> <laughs> but it's in that good way that reminds me of Yeti's hands on my body, his control of me, his girth inside me. I reach over to his side of the bed, but I'm not surprised to find that he isn't there. These are the things one must get used to when dating the elusive siren of the Himalayas. <laughs> dating, <laughs> seeing, fooling around. I don't even know what to call it. I still haven't signed his contract. I wander the empty caverns of his mansion and wonder if they represent the emptiness inside their owner. But of course, yetis are accustomed to a solitary lifestyle, engaging with others only for the purposes of reproduction and then returning to their own caves. What am I even doing here? Is there a place for a human in this world? A light creeps out from beneath a door at the end of the hallway and it beckons me. It is his office, the one room he told me never to enter. I peek through the crack and see Yeti lost in his work as he stands over his desk, adorned in dark slacks and an unbuttoned white shirt under a floral kimono. His furry chest, unusual, usually so pale at night, now appears almost ruddy. Many wrongly believe that Yetis are only white, when in fact they can range from white to brown, even gray, depending on their typical environs. Further illustration of how these fair creatures are made to be alone. But now, backlit by the morning sun, coming in from his floor-to-ceiling windows behind him, I see the nuance in his hair, white across his chest, giving way to tan fur across his lean abs, turning umber as it descends toward something even darker. It's as (laughs) if I'm seeing him in full for the first time. I know you're out there, he says, eyes still fixed on his work. Of course, I realize, the Yeti's nose is so finely tuned to recognize the presence of humans. It's how they can choose when they are so rarely seen. It's okay, come in. I still hesitate as I slide open the giant wood door. As I enter his sanctum, I see his desk is scattered with papers. This is so unlike a Yeti, who are typically so fastidious. I see he is... (laughs) I see he has just completed his blueprints for a cold fusion device and is now charting his solo circumnavigation of the globe in a catamaran. (laughs) Voice has more confidence than I thought possible. I've decided I'll sign your lifestyle submissive contract, I tell him. No, he says, coming around from his mahogany desk and stepping forward to meet me. I've decided. A beat. As you know, my passions are singular. It's the way I was raised, alone on a mountaintop and all. But in you, I see a new way. It scares me so, and that's why I must try it. We embrace, and I can feel he is already hard, so rare for a Yeti in the daytime. Only at night have such beasts been known to have an erection. It's a defensive mechanism in the wild. But you've broken down all my defenses, Yeti says, as if he were inside my mind. He takes three lumbering steps back behind his desk and reaches into a drawer, retrieving a bead-studded mountain goat horn. I've got the perfect toy for this. <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you. It was really good. Um, in the same vein, I'd like to read a short a short passage from uh, It's Cold Outside by Thirst for Chicken on AO3. 
um, which has a I really similar... can't stay <laughs> a similar theme. Um, I'm only going to read a short bit because it's actually this is actually fairly well written uh, as Yeti fucking stories go. <laughs> what is the matter with me? Yang thought to herself between her violent shivers. Not only am I apologizing to a damn Yeti, but now I miss its touch. The cold must be driving me insane. What happened next almost seemed to prove Yang's hypothesis about her sanity correct. As the girl watched, still shivering and hugging herself tightly to keep warm, the Yeti reached into the thick white fur between its legs and pulled out what could only be its thick, abominable cock. (laughs) (laughs) It was long and thick, almost as long as one of Yang's arms, and the same pale blue as the creature's hands, albeit still surrounded by woolly white fur. I want you to realize here that this Yeti is very clearly the abominable snowman from the Rankin-Bass Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's the Bumble. The bumble. <laughs> He's gonna put a star on the Christmas tree, and then they're gonna go oh. to town. Fuck you, Kanjo. <laughs> Taking hold of its massive prick, the yeti began stroking itself up and down wildly, jacking itself off, or at least, or at the very least, trying to get itself hard. It did this with no shame whatsoever, standing right in front of the girl, furiously stroking, almost as though it was doing it solely for her. Uh, uh, uh. The yeti grunted, grunted bestially. As it finally began to achieve an erection, despite wait, the wait, hold on. I need some. We need some foley for this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Wait. Oh! Okay, I thought you were thought trying to get gonna... me to do no, uh, a no. Cody Johnston time travel noise. No, that was it. Nope. <laughs> I uh, thought for a minute you were going to start playing Louis C.K. Considering he's jacking off in front of someone who didn't ask for it. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> Hansel Yeti, am I right? Uh, (laughs) The horrified expression of the girl it was standing in front of, whether it was a full erection or not, Yang did not know, only that its pale blue cog was now standing straight at attention and so swollen it throbbed in the creature's hand. Then, to her horror, the Yeti took a step closer and began separating her legs. The girl was so shocked and so cold that she didn't even know how to react until she felt its hairy fingers find the hem of her leggings beneath her hoodie and begin to and prepare to pull them down. Her leggings no, no, Yang finally shouted, pushing the Yeti's hands away and scrambling backwards against the cave wall, despite there being little room with which to hide. Her eyes were wide and her heart was pounding in her chest as she looked up at the massive ape man, terrified it would stop at nothing to have her, and yet it didn't. So I want to interrupt real, uh, here real quick to, uh, to catch Blake up. This is a Yeti story where the Yeti's hands and dick are blue, and Tom pointed out that it's obviously the Bumble. <laughs> and that's relevant to Blake because he has a cat named Bumble. Nice. Oh, no. And yet it didn't. The Yeti simply stood there, one hand back to stroking its hardened cock, staring at the girl with clear and evident confusion in its piercing blue eyes. Uh? It grunted, <laughs> motioning down towards its fat, swollen cock. Ugh! Uh? <laughs> it took a moment. And even then, Yang wasn't sure she should have re- she would have realized the Yeti's intent if she hadn't suddenly felt the heat radiating from the throbbing cock only a few a couple feet in front of her face. For the first time since she had entered the cave, she wasn't shivering, nor was she losing feeling in her finger and toes. She wasn't warm yet, not by any healthy degree, but she was certainly warmer. That much she had to admit. That's when it hit her. You're not trying to mate with me she said aloud speaking slowly as though even she wasn't sure of what she was saying or well you are but you're doing it to keep me warm aren't you 
It made sense once Yang thought about it. She had heard of couples finding themselves stranded in caves and snowed in cabins that had been solely forced to share, that had been forced to share body heat in order to survive. In more than one case, she had even heard of the men and women engaging in intercourse solely for the purpose of keeping each other warm amidst the dangerously cold temperatures. The Yeti, it seemed, no such things as a form of instinct, which made sense considering the cold was its natural environment. The Yeti wasn't trying to force itself on her. It was trying to save her life. The only question now was, would Yang let it? <laughs> so so many things wrong with this. Let's go ahead and put out the first one, which is it sounds like what would happen if Tim Allen were cosplaying as a Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Yeti needs more power. <laughs> Second of all, why does this dick generate heat? Is it, uh, is it that much friction? Oh, it's all it the blood. Like... It's, it's all the blood rushing in, right? It's hot blooded, right? It, and it has to be. It's got to have a, like a high running body temperature because it lives in the Himalayas, right? So it's not ninety eight point six. It probably runs at one hundred ten, one hundred twenty degrees. Okay, and I'm just going to say the rest of it's covered in insulating fur that prevents it from sharing body heat. Whereas this is clearly hairless, and so it's able to radiate outward. See, I'm just thinking of, like, if I were in front of, I don't know, a fucking polar bear, I wouldn't be like, there's a lot of heat coming from its dick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Yeah, but that's not what happened. Yang wasn't like, hey, can I cuddle up to your warm dick? <laughs> it was the, the Yeti. Sugge- it would be like if the polar bear was like, hey, there's a lot of heat over here by my by my dick. Come on over. Come come warm up. Is, is that good? the next bad hit pickup line it's like hey right. girl i know it's real cold out so <laughs> oh baby it's cold outside my dick's real Come warm check out my dick <laughs> it's bumble everybody that's bumble hey bumble, oh. bumble, has, bumble. Hey, bumble. this is my bumble he's he has many toes he does yeah tell him he's very good <laughs> tell him he's a good cat <laughs> and a pretty cat also has pretty cat. Yes. Aww. Yeah, Maybe. very floppy. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. Uh, I would like to read one that I literally just generated while we were were, were working, so I haven't actually read any of it yet. Um, this is called Legend of the Lost G String. <laughs> uh, and like, is that one of old mech stories? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Silver monkey, go! <laughs> <laughs> Purple parrots, blue cocks. <laughs> um, so the author's note at the beginning says, all my stories take place in an alternate reality where the characters act this way. So that's convenient. That's good. <laughs> um, this, is, uh, this is Scrubs fan fiction oh, that no. I have generated. Uh, I had to fill that in my own. It was not one of the fandoms represented on, on the fanfic generator. <laughs> And uh, the villain will be played by Bigfoot. Originally, I made one where it was just Scrubs characters, and then I realized it didn't have any cryptids in it, so I had to go back and <laughs> I had to go back and place uh, replace the janitor with Bigfoot. <clears throat> so, JD stopped and gazed into space. Oh no, it was happening! Right. He couldn't help thinking about Bigfoot again. He tried not to, desperate to avoid the thoughts that could not be, no, would not be held back. But like dozens of unstoppable guards as they came creeping forward till they filled his brain, Bigfoot's smile shined like crystal, as impressive as a mercury. It filled the manor house, and J.D. was helplessly but willingly absorbed into them. Bigfoot's eyes were like Granny Smith apples. 
if you rolled them, they would go quite far. Wow, it really likes that. <laughs> it likes that phrase a lot. <laughs> Bigfoot's legs were like a diplodocus. What? <laughs> like a whole ass diplodocus. Not just like a diplodocus's legs. No. His legs had a fucking like a neck coming out one side. But he's really got like 16 points of contact with the yep. ground. <laughs> leg, yes. It's Four like uh, it's, Bigfoot. it's like Scuzzlebutt from the first season of South Park. It's got a diplodocus and Patrick Duffy for a leg. <laughs> Uh, Bigfoot's You're chest so was old. Like, Bigfoot's <laughs> chest was like a space emperor's, powerful and impossible to ignore. How could JD not emperor? be? Yeah, dude, do you not Warhammer? <laughs> did you not? Did you not see uh, Palpatine flashing his like m- chiseled <laughs> pecs in the Phantom Menace? <laughs> that was really. I am the Senate. <laughs> I never. I never finished the later Dune books. <laughs> spicy. Uh, how? C- Thanks. How could JD not be helpless in the face of that? I mean, sure, JD and Bigfoot had sex with each other before when they met at a club once, but it was just a casual thing. It really likes that fr- phrase, too. It likes that, too. Jesus. Yeah. One of many that night. Before things got too messy, JD snapped out of it, but the thoughts of Bigfoot would be back. Would he be able to resist next time? Our story starts in Sacred Heart, a normal town where nothing much happens. Interlude. J.D. was finding it really hard to concentrate at this moment. Uh, movement, his thoughts kept trying to think of Bigfoot. Despite what was happening, it was really hard to focus. That tracks with the main character of Scrubs so far. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Okay, it, it's a self-insert now. It just became a self-insert. The well-equipped Serenity Dark Moon Raven felt really depressed one day. <laughs> she had just found out that she was adopted. Her pair... God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Did you turn the cliches all the way up? Yes, like, I did. Um, <laughs> is one of the characters going to turn out to be her stepbrother, I and then they're going to have sex? So <laughs> the well, <laughs> um, your parents are monsters. Which one? All four of them. I don't care. Um, oh my! Said the well-equipped Serenity Dark Moon Raven. This is rad. But JD was a little skeptic. Maybe it's a god. Jesus fucking now it's flying unicorn. Uh, I don't even understand. <sighs> Let me scroll to a. What the hell's going on here? And then, and then at the worst possible moment, it happened. Again, JD gazed at Bigfoot. It was impossible to resist this time. Like a truck, JD was pulled towards Bigfoot. It was like a coup de grace <laughs> in a war. It was like a sword piercing through his heart and other lower regions of his body. It was like magnets. <laughs> how do they fucking work? <laughs> magnets, how do those work? Yeah. <laughs> There was no resisting, no mercy. Truck pulls oh, and juggalos. This is great. <laughs> this is this is amazing. There was no resisting, no mercy, no pants. <laughs> okay, that one. That's that one on my tombstone, by the way. <laughs> Bigfoot looked shocked, and then and then not shocked. He had known all along. Of course, how had J.D. been so stupid? Those long looks at each other, those times they gazed up at the stars together, the candlelit dinners, the steamy showers, the nonstop sex. (laughs) It wasn't just friendship. It never was. It was more, and Bigfoot had known all along. I knew, Bigfoot said. Oh, J.D. said, realizing all this for the first time. But there was more. Bigfoot wasn't pulling away. He was pushing tighter, holding J.D. like a wild orca. At some point, their clothes came (laughs) off. They got ripped in the process of their passioning. He didn't care. That's what he had needed for so long. Too long. Second. Maybe more. 
<laughs> but this was now now. JD and Bigfoot together at last. They canoodled like lovers and made love with their naughty bits. They took in turns <laughs> inserting their bits into each other. JD inserted his butt into bit into Bigfoot. Then Bigfoot no, his inserted his <laughs> bit into like, JD. This is they I'm repeated this a few. Like, this is a great like child's description of sex. I know. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. Then the baby looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> they repeated oh, this a few formed. times. Parentheses. Toys were used. <laughs> Afterwards, when they had finished cleaning their bits, they looked at each other as if for the first time and had a cigarette, but they knew they must leave. They didn't want anyone to see. Their forbidden love must remain hidden for now, perhaps forever. JD took one last look at Bigfoot. Goodbye, my snuggly one. Love you too, my one and only JD. And this is where the story ends. And we have a, an end note by the author. Let's see. It has come to my attention that some readers don't like my art. They say that it's it's all anti-Semitic. Excuse me, but Jews are like that. Oh, That's what it is. It keeps going. Auto-generated comment. And racist, parentheses, I had a black classmate in my class once and he was really stupid, lol. It auto-generated racist teenager commentary. I want to know what the database because I did read the like about and the I, I skimmed through the FAQ uh, and was not able to find out exactly where it's pulling its information from. Uh, oh that's incredible. God. That's amazing. Oh my god! Oh. Wasn't it a couple well, years um, ago where like I think Amazon or somebody created an AI and in like ten minutes it turned oh, into yeah, a neo-Nazi? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and then it made this generator. Right. <laughs> Well, Don, say what you will about this story, but Zach Braff gave it a pretty good indie soundtrack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at that. The rest of it was hipster trash, but the music was pretty good. And uh, Donald Faison magic was just Pixie upset he wasn't Bigfoot. in it. What? The magic pixie dream Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed that Dr. Cox didn't show up anywhere. I put him in the list of characters. Oh, well. Uh, if you ever wanted to know if, Wes, if what Wes Anderson would be like as a douche, <laughs> just get Zach Braff for that. <laughs> okay, so. Yes, everyone rides a scooter. Hmm. <laughs> it all takes place in an alternate universe where that happens. God, didn't you read the note? In the alternate do universe. Wanna, do you guys want to yell at a quarry? Let's do that. <laughs> that's, that's, it's better than Prozac. <laughs> I'm so afraid to watch Garden State because it's an indictment of who I was at 20. <laughs> like, oh, you I were Natalie this? Portman? <laughs> it's the same reason I won't watch Fight Club. I uh, watched it in high school and didn't like it in high school, and I'd probably like it less now. It was one of the first DVDs I ever watched. Uh, I watched Fight Club and American Beauty, which I both borrowed both of them from a, a friend on our new Dell computer that had the only DVD player in the house. Mm -hmm. Classy. <laughs> because we're old. We're extremely yeah, old. We're, we're all uh, getting... We're Aged. All pushing, pushing 40. <laughs> oh, Lord. Does anybody have another one? I do. Oh, I've got a couple. All right. I would like to give a shout out, uh, first of all, because I'm not going to read this, but I will say that if you want to go and like find some weird encrypted fiction, there's a lot of it, not just Chuck Tingle. Uh, the first one that I was aware of that I talked to you guys about a little bit earlier was called, let me scroll back up so I can get it, P.S. This computer sucks, don't buy a Dell. 
Uh, I don't care if my best friend's mom is a Sasquatch. She's hot, and I'm taking a shower with her because it's the new millennium book one mm-hmm. by Lacey Noonan. Um, it's every bit as bonkers as it sounds, according to this excerpt. It's 102 pages. But then That's... I read her other novels, um, one of which is called The Blacker the Robot, the Moister the Oyster, Falling for the Obamacare <laughs> Sex Robot. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Also recommended not by this author, but it's just called But You're a Horse by David Bustle. And it looks like horse romance novel. Mm hmm. Starring so, uh, Mr. Hands, fa- uh, <laughs> famed horse lover Mr. Hands. I am honestly not 100% sure what's going on with that, but go ahead and check those out. They're like $3 on Amazon. And, and I want to give a shout out to the, the OG of Cryptid Fanfic as far as me and Blake are concerned. Um, uh, seven or so years ago, well, six or seven years ago, uh, when I was guest hosting his old podcast, Spocast, when I, uh, I lived in Spokane, Washington, we discovered Come for Bigfoot. Uh, hold on, let me Google the author. I don't remember the name of the author. Um uh, how can you not remember the author of such classics as Come for Bigfoot? By Virginia Wade. Um, there are, uh, last I checked, there are 20 different, uh, 20, 20 installments of the Come for Bigfoot saga. You can purchase them in ebook form or in five book omnibus paper or hardbacks because they're only like 60 pages long. They're like novellas. And, and, and I was able to find uh, way back when a PDF of, uh, of Come for Bigfoot, which I have since lost. And it's about, it's kind of a Friday the 13th sort of thing. It's like uh, uh, some chicks camping and then and a, a weird old forest lady kidnaps them because her adopted son, Bigfoot, named Harold, uh, Her- Herbert, Harold, uh, anyway, he has a silly <laughs> Herbert name. Herbert He has a silly name. Um, she, she wants him to impregnate them and... Uh, it doesn't have a physical description of his penis, except to say that it was a cock that, and I quote, defied logic. <laughs> Lovecraftian dicks. Cool. Right, like it was a non-Euclidean dick. Cyclopean dick. Dick that begs the question. It. it was, uh, yeah, it is, uh, this, this dick uh, assumed the consequent. It really... <laughs> Just, and so, yeah, that, those are only a few bucks a piece, too. And I'm sure they're at one point. I know there's a, a, a Bigfoot lady pregnancy involved, um, but I'm also fairly certain that the Bigfoot rapes them and then they love they just love it after that. So uh, maybe don't. Yeah. Yeah. May, may, yeah maybe don't. Uh, well, I was going to say, Don, if you really want, I will totally buy you that omnibus for Christmas. That's okay. Because <laughs> I, w- I want to see it on your bookshelf. I won't I come I, down there. I won't read it in the same way that I still haven't listened to the book on tape, like the actual cassette tapes of Atlas Shrugged that somebody got me as an ironic Christmas gift a few years ago. <laughs> and for a while, my excuse was I didn't have a tape player. And then somebody else ironically got me a tape player for Christmas <laughs> the year after. So, um yeah, your excuse is you just don't have 75 hours to listen to it. Yeah, I mean, we did, John and Tom and I did uh, do a, a triple play back-to-back-to-back of the movie trilogy and almost died. 
So <laughs> how are there three? Well, because it's a very long book, you see. It is, but no one fucking cared about the first one. How did two more get made? Uh, you no, see, one cared, no one cared enough to have the same actors come back. Yeah, either. that's the right? power. The power of the free market is that you can you can beg people for money to make your capitalist propaganda. <laughs> and they'll do it, and then and then yeah. Each sequel had none of the actors from the one before it. It was kind of great. My heart broke that Larissa Olniak was in one of them. Yeah, um, Taylor Schilling was. She played uh, Dag- Dagny Taggart in the first one, but that was like before Orange Is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's. I mean, that's capitalism fanfic. Right? <laughs> Actors gotta yes. work too. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so I have on deck either Mothman by the wonderful author Dildo Swaggins T. Baggins. Yeah. Um, which has a little bit of a choose your own gender uh, aspect to it. Or I have The Erotic Adventures of Mothman, a short by Raul O. Jenkinson, uh, which has this cover. Oh, unfortunately, you can't tell. Uh, oh, there we go. Mothman is a top, uh, according, <laughs> to his, according to his top. Um, so I will, I will accept uh, votes for either of those. Um, let's. I, I, I want to hear from somebody who didn't think Dildo Swaggins was an original thought. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, I think Raul. you've shared the best part of the other one, which is that <laughs> fucking cover, which I want engraved on my tombstone. <laughs> Um, this, this is, this is fun. This first page is actually pretty good, at least. So, so we'll go through at least this first page. It was a warm night, and in a dark bar just outside of Point Agreeable, West Virginia, Mothman was perched on a stool, sipping a tequila. Wait, Murray, Murray Mothman? I know him. (laughs) Murray Mothman was perched above a light, waiting for the light to be turned on. (laughs) I did find... Uh, and I'll, I'll recommend this person's fanfic uh, or stories uh, at the end of this, but I did find one where Mothman is encountered at a comic book shop um, and mentions that, uh, you know, it's the stereotype, but he does like things that light up, uh, which was a pretty great line. <laughs> um, uh, he thought the bartender was eyeing him suspiciously as if he wasn't welcome. He knew he looked different from the rest of the clientele. Everyone else looked like the kind of men you saw in porn. No one shared his shadowy form, glowing red eyes, or monstrous wings. He wished he could flirt without having having here, sorry, I don't date cryptids, or a debate about whether he was actually just a large owl, or the, <laughs> a Richard Gere joke. I'll uh, pause you for a second to just throw in here that the verisimilitude of this story is completely in question because... What bar in West Virginia is going to have guys in it who all look like porn stars? Uh, I the kind of bar moth, gay Mothman is going to. Well, as long as the I'm, porn star is Ron Jeremy, I think we're okay. Gonna say, yeah, I was going to say, most, most dudes in porn aren't that attractive, so that's fair. Go ahead. He just handicapped it to, like, the 70s. <laughs> A disco song yeah. came on, and several men got up to dance. Mothman watched them, wishing he had the courage to get on the floor. A guy wearing an absolute shirt smiled at him, but after <laughs> eye contact, he screamed in terror and bolted as fast as he could into the night. Mothman sighed. That kind of thing always happened. As he took a long swig of his drink, he felt a tapping on the bar to the tune of the music. Sitting only a few stools away was a strikingly handsome man. He had short, dark hair and a clean-cut black suit. 
like someone out of the 50s. His jaw was chiseled, his eyes soft and brown. He was probably tall and muscular, too, but as he was sitting, fully clothed and in a dark bar, there was no real way to tell. Regardless, Mothman was drawn to his mid-century charm. Rah, rah, Rasputin, the man sang, tapped. <laughs> oh, barkeep, scotch neat, please. There was a cat that really was gone. He rested his chiseled jaw in his palm and pouted just slightly. Mothman wondered, can I really be with someone who says barkeep? <laughs> Yet something so sensual about the man, he had to try. So he's a he's an anachronism, but he also knows this obscure 70s <laughs> disco song about Rasputin? <laughs> yes. Um, it was then that he remembered that flirting was the most terrible, frightening thing in the world, and he had no idea how to do it. Big mood. <laughs> relatable content. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking, he heard the man say. Shocked from his thoughts, he realized the man was talking to him. Tequila soda, Mothman said. He looked at him with his big red radiated eyes, but instead of fleeing in terror, the man held out his hand, said, John B. Keel, you? They <laughs> shook hands firmly. Barkeep, another tequila soda for my friend Moth, and another scotch for me. The bartender cocked his eye at John's still full drink, but just then, John downed it all in one gulp, slamming the glass down with an ah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to look up what the fuck John Keel looked like because I can't imagine him being attractive. Oh, look, I'm correct. He's not. <laughs> Go ahead and share your screen. Um, Can you do it here? I'll look up John Keel. Oh, oh. boy. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. So this yeah. is like an actual person. Yeah, this yes, is the guy who wrote the, the Mothman, Mothman prophecies. prophecies. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I know who the fuck it is. I'm like, no. No, there's... That's not... <laughs> Look, look, Ma, something you got to understand about me. I'm old school. I don't mince words. I drink state, straight scotch and I have gay sex. That needed to be, that needed to be read like, that needed to be read like James Cagney. Eh, listen here, Moth. Two things you need to know about me. I drink straight scotch and I have gay sex, all right? <laughs> I like my men like I like my scotch, straight up and on my dick. <laughs> um... <laughs> I drive stick, partially because I can't afford a new car, but mostly because I'm old school. I only listen to music that makes me nostalgic. The only apps I have are call and text and Twitter. I like to keep abreast of discourse. Wait, so okay. so John Keel is a pretentious hipster? Okay, then. I, I write a fix to have right? sex with a moth. <laughs> so you know that I'm a cryptid. He braced himself in case old school John couldn't tell. <laughs> Yeah, I thought everyone in here had big, huge wings and glowing, irradiated eyes. We're going to get to the end of this dialogue thing, and then, and then I think we'll set this down. <laughs> um, no problem there, John said. I've met a lot of cryptids in my years, researching the secrets of the paranormal. I can only hope you're as attracted to me as I am to you. He slid his hand across towards Mothman, who met it. They looked at each other for a beat. Old school, Mothman said. So you top then? No, I bottom. Oh, good. I top, Mothman said. Good, John Keel said. I bought him. tell from my t-shirt. Good. Good. Great. Excellent. Mothman felt awkward. So he took a sip of his drink. John had already drank his entire second scotch. So he had to sit and think uh, and try to think of something to say. Do you want to go to my... 
<laughs> Do you want to go back to my place? He asked, clarifying, for sex. <laughs> yes, said Mothman. Barkeep, John called. Put mine and the gentle cryptids on the same tab. <laughs> it goes on, but oh, I don't think great. much longer. Listen here, <laughs> see? We want to go home and have sex with my penis, see? <laughs> on my tab. <laughs> we're going to put our bits into each other's bits and then reverse it. Our bits, and then we're going to clean a condo. Actually available on Amazon.com <laughs> and available for Kindle. He doesn't sponsor us, but now I kind of wish he did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's dead, so... <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, I'll do the... Uh, so I, I, I told everybody here that I, I made this one right right before we started the call. I just finished re-watching Avatar The Last Airbender, like right before I came down here to start the call. And so I decided to do an Avatar one. Uh, but it's not just Avatar. Uh, the villain is Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. Uh, Tom suggested that. Uh <laughs> Uh, it's called the Cousins Guru, so I think I may have <laughs> no. another another one of these on on, on my hands. But uh, here we go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the World Championship Eating Cowboysing Contest. You see, because I said that the, that our cryptids uh, uh, hobby was eating cowboys, and that's how it parsed that. So uh, continue. Toff's voice boomed across the large arena. The eating cowboys at home was the largest in the world. Far <laughs> bigger than the one in Rio, Rio de Janeiro, this was able to hold two trillion fans. Wow. <laughs> the Van Meter visitor and which, Katara had just which, arrived which, by which pure black horse. Rio de Janeiro in. <laughs> what? Which of the four nations is Rio de Janeiro in? Uh, I would have to say... Not that no, no. There are really only two nations. There's the Earth Nation, the Fire Nation. You got the North and the South Poles, and then the Air Nomads. So Fire Nation. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Checks the, out. The Van Meter visitor in Katara had just arrived by pure black horse. This is it. Yes. I never thought I'd make it all the way to the final. I always knew you could make it. The Van Meter visitor. You're my champion. For oh, for uh, anybody who wasn't at our last panel or listened to our podcast uh, that we did last year about the Van Meter Visitor, it's pterodactyl that shoots lasers from its head. <clears throat> Thanks, Katara, but I'll need more than your vote to win this. I'll need to give it my all to become the number one eating cowboys champion of Iowa. And it won't be enough, said a horrible voice from behind them. It was Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. I'll win this contest fair and square. Then everybody will bow down before me, the one true champion of eating cowboys and lord of evil. <laughs> no, that will never come to pass. I'll stop you, said our the Van Meter visitor heroically. Ha. With that, Don Cheadle as Captain Planet twirled off into the arena. We must win now. We must. Later... Once they were alone and away from the others, the visitor met with Toph in a nearby igloo. They had been meeting like this a while now, often in the evenings or at night. A deep friendship had struck after their previous adventures, but they kept it hidden as they didn't know what the others would think. They often did some talking, some eating cowboys, maybe a few board <laughs> games. <laughs> so we're all in on eating cowboys. They were cl- yes, You know, a normal Saturday night, like, we'll have a beer... Play some board games, maybe eat a couple cowboys. The Van Meter Visitor terrorized a small town called Van Meter, Iowa in 1903 until a cowboy posse was rounded up to go chase it into its into its coal mine. Uh, that's, anyway, 
<laughs> well, let's be fair. If you're eating cowboys as a hobby, that's a lifestyle, baby. You can't do that just sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> then you gotta you become practice. The person who eats cowboys. It's like the guy at college with the yo-yo. You know, like that's that's the Van Meter business thing. Yeah, or the unicycle or the tiny bicycle or he never wore shoes. You know that guy. Um, <laughs> this particular night, they were sharing secrets with each other, telling each other things neither had told anyone before. Things that not a single soul knew. Then there was the time I destroyed Lorelai's pillow. Oh, the Van Meter visitor. That's positively evil. And I should know. They both laughed. The night had been full of stories like this. The time Toph Beifong blackmailed a, a coder. Or the time the Van Meter visitor fool, fooled an astronaut into thinking it was the end of the world. Oh, what an asshole. Endless stories shared just between them and no one else. It was making them closer. Closer than the Van Meter visitor had ever thought possible. As the visitor was telling another story, he thought he saw Toph examining him, looking with, was that longing? Motherfucker, Toph's blind. Nah, <laughs> couldn't be. The moment was over and they departed each other's company. The Van Meter visitor felt something had changed that night, but wasn't sure yet. Before the contest, the Van Meter visitor and his friends decided to take a tour of the arena. Aside from the normal restaurants and eating cowboys, gift shops, and orgy rooms, there was also a museum. <laughs> A museum dedicated to the history and art of eating cowboys. <laughs> As they had done the other stuff already, they decided to go to the museum. Originally, eating cowboys wasn't that popular as a sport, but in recent years, it had become the most popular sport in the world. Due to, the, po to, the, <laughs> due to the popularity of Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> Some people missed, the, missed other sports at first, but slowly it was just accepted that eating cowboys was the best sport on Iowa. <laughs> they looked at the giant diorama of the first eating cowboys in contest there was a button they could press and the animatronics would act out famous events in its history there was also giant pieces of eating cowboysing equipment all around the museum Sokka looked at one particularly large display it's magnificent yes it is just then, though, the display started wobbling. Oh, no, it's coming down. Sokka pushed the visitor out of the way just as it crashed down. Ow, I am trapped, said Sokka, who was now trapped under the rubble. The Van Meter visitor tried to move the rubble but couldn't. Sorry, Sokka, but I can't move it. You will have to go on without me. It's almost time to start. Okay, I'll be going to the arena then. The Van Meter visitor walked to the museum door, but it was locked. No, I am trapped, said the Van Meter visitor. The visitor had no choice now, so he pulled the fire alarm. By the time the firemen had rescued them, however, it was already halftime. The Van Meter visitor had missed the whole first half of the competition. You're never going to catch up in the cowboy eating contest. I don't know. The first half. He, he made it to the finals. He's pretty good at cowboys <laughs> eating cowboys in. <laughs> the visitor at that moment felt in his pocket. That's strange. There was a note. It said he should rendezvous at the dem demolished beach at sunset, and he should bring the visitor junior. The Van Meter visitor kept this secret, as it was clearly just for him. Back at the locker room, Katara and the visitor were talking. Sokka had been taken to the hospital. How are you ever going to catch up, said Katara. Don Cheadle, as Captain Planet, was leading when halftime went. The visitor's time spent uh, seeing to Sokka had cost him the lead. It's not important, said the Van Meter visitor. What's important is I know why Don Cheadle, as Captain Planet, wants to win the world championship eating cowboys in contest. It's the prize. <laughs> Who, said Katara, H-U. Like, huh, huh, huh? 
<laughs> said Katara. I did some research, and it's really the meteorite iron. If he wins the contest, they will give him it, and there will be nothing we can do to stop him. OMG. Also, he was the one that sabotaged the poor Sokka. Poor Sokka. Yes, poor Sokka. The contest doesn't matter anymore. We must get that meteorite iron by winning the contest. I have at least <laughs> one question, and it's how do you demolish a beach? Uh, it's just ground. You make it make the sand grains smaller sand grains? <laughs> Look at this sand. It's no longer sand. <laughs> so we're going to skip ahead a little bit, uh, a little bit um, to a paragraph that ends with, but he forced them open again and stared into Toph's pretty eyes. I should stop you, the Van Meter visitor knew he should. This was Toph Beifong. Toph, could he dare wreck their close friendship? And what about their destiny? But that didn't bother the Van Meter visitor nearly as much. Stop me, Toph Beifong said, and made it sound like a dare. The Van Meter visitor was all set to give Toph Beifong a glare, but it faded away when he got his first real look at Toph Beifong. I mean, sure, the Van Meter visitor had seen Toph Beifong before, but not really seen her. Not with these new eyes, which the visitor now had. His eyes had been opened. Like he, was, he stole them from someone else. <laughs> like he, he was shooting lasers out of them. <laughs> like he was seeing for the first time. Like the wool was no longer over his eyes. Toph's soft legs. Her nice buds. Her very agreeable ponytail. What? <laughs> what? How old is Toph again? Uh, Eleven. Ooh. I'm still over here with agreeable ponytails. I'm like... Oh, wait a little, no, the next that's one a, is her dot, dot, that's dot. That's like English as a second language, like, uh, compliments. <laughs> like, yes, I find your ponytails very agreeable. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very Nandor <laughs> of, uh, uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Her dot, 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 bush. <laughs> and, um, in point of fact, the Van Meter visitor's mouth went a little slack, and there may have been some drool. Other parts of him might have been wet, too. It dripped on Toph Beifong. Toph Beifong didn't seem to mind the Van Meter <laughs> visitor's fluids, though. Any kind of fluid dropping on her was fine, it seemed. Ew, she said, but halfway it turned into an ow. Ow. It was a <laughs> ow of pleasure. It was the first of many sounds to come. <laughs> I would just like to say that I've been married for a while, and any fluid is not a thing that you're usually going to be okay with. There are limits. <laughs> it was the first of many sounds to come. Toph opened her mouth wider for stuff to drip into. St stuff. <laughs> like mercury or... <laughs> you know, stuff. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead to the culmination of their plan. I've had enough of drippings vis goo. I'm... I'm <laughs> Unnamed fluids. Done with, done with that. Um, whatever your plan, you better do it quickly, said Katara, panicking. Don't worry. Don Cheadle as Captain Planet is almost in the position for my plan to work. Don Cheadle as Captain Planet turned a corner while doing the eating cowboys. Now, said the visitor. Suddenly, right in front of Don Cheadle as Captain Planet, Toph appeared. What? Then she started undressing. Hey, Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. How's things? God damn it, Blake. How often during this podcast do we have to reference those shitty alien novels where chicks fucking distract dudes by just getting naked? Well, oh. that happened in real life like a week ago. Man. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I sent the link to Blake from the protest and went, wow, okay, so the aliens novels were accurate? But the last seven times it's happened, the woman just wanted to escape. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
Hey, Don Cheadle is Captain Planet. How's things? What, ma? Don Cheadle is Captain Planet's eating cowboy thing screeched to a halt. It's hot in this stadium in front of all these people, isn't it? Toph took her top off. She wiggled her set at Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. Her Yale blue bra barely containing them. Oh, that's what her set is. It's her. Okay, I get it. Yale blue. Is that a. You get that from the context? Okay. Um. In fact, it didn't. And they popped out right into Don Cheadle as Captain Planet's face. Don Cheadle as Captain Planet stopped completely, noticeably sweating and swaying back and forward. Hey, hot stuff. Toph winked at Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. Don Cheadle as Captain Planet fainted. With that, the Van Meter like Visitor... was written by the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> well, With... can't okay. tell you how many times woman's come and waved her set <laughs> at me. <laughs> <laughs> wiggling it and then you just fall over all the blood goes right to your dick she's like four feet tall yeah and i don't know how tall don cheetle is but i don't think he's shorter than that so they wouldn't be in his face she earth bended a pedestal she like yeah, I was she was standing, say, up. standing sitting up down yeah um <laughs> to eat cowboys and then he had <laughs> then he had vasovagal syncope <laughs> All right. With that, the Van Meter Visitor calmly overtook the unconscious Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. Wow, that worked great, said Katara. Indeed, I knew Don Cheadle as Captain Planet's one weakness was the ladies. That's right. I can't resist them. They make me all wibbly-wobbly inside, said Don Cheadle as Pla- Captain Planet, getting up. Because he's got the power of heart. <laughs> yeah, but still dazed. <laughs> it was too late, though. The visitor had just passed the finishing line, winning the Eating Cowboys in contest. The crowd went wild. The Van Meter visitor took a bow. Toph and Zuko danced around the Van Meter visitor, cheering. The meteorite iron is safe now, said the Van Meter visitor. Till next year, at, le- at least. That's the next time this yearly contest is. The end. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> They just circulate the same piece of meteorite iron around every every year. All right, you got to give it back. <laughs> well, shit, I turned it into a sword. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Get a glowing piece of the radical rock, but then you have to give it back next year. God damn it, Mo. <laughs> um, I think that's a good place to call it. We're... <laughs> We're at almost two hours. It's a two-hour panel, and I think if we start anything else, we won't finish it in time. Well, and that's good because I have to go rearrange my staircases. Yeah, so yeah. Have gotten a little, little hot. So. I've been waiting on that for a while. I got, yeah, I got some, I got some stuff to do too. Gotta go clean this condo, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> gotta deal with some drippings. <laughs> gotta Google a hot set. <laughs> Hot teen, hot perky teen set. Did you say John Kerry erotic fanfic? Well, no, but now I did. It gives a new meaning to the term swift boating. Uh, Okay. So, uh, everybody, thank you very much for uh, joining us for the panel. Uh, I don't think I mentioned it at the top, but this is good. This is recorded as a part of the Hidden Zoo podcast where Blake and I host every couple of weeks or every week or so. We try to do it every week, but we don't always make it. We make fun of cryptids, and that's why this is a cryptid-themed panel of cryptid uh, fanfic and generated fic and fiction written by uh, for profit by the guy who shipped John Keel and Mothman. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was only 99 cents. It was clearly a labor of, a labor of love. Yeah. 
So um, you can you can check us out at hiddenzoo.podbean.com. We are on almost every podcast app you can find. If we're not on your app, you can't find us by searching. You can just go on your phone and click the subscribe by RSS button on the website. I don't recommend starting with the first one. Skip to at least the third episode if you really like, – so we kind of had to find our stride there uh, like most podcasts. Uh, and if you have not gone to the Gen Con event page and turned your ticket in and you did, in fact, buy a ticket for this, please go ahead and turn it in. We really uh, appreciate that. That show tells Gen Con that the people who signed up actually did come to the show. Uh, if you would like to play this for other people, the video is always going to be on our Facebook page and the audio is going up as an episode of our podcast next Monday, the 10th. Um, Thank you, everybody on the panel, for coming and bringing your A game of completely ridiculous crap to make us laugh. Um, Blake, any final thoughts? No. No? Okay. Uh, I've got, I got one thing. Okay. If you are interested in reading some good fiction about, uh, about uh, cryptid-type stuff, um, I'm going to sit here and recommend the uh, Hugo-nominated Encrypted series by Sean and McGuire, which is fantastic. They fucking rule! They do. And also the webcomic Skin Deep uh, by Corey Bing, which is also very good. Um, I would uh, highly recommend both of those. There mm. were also some really good, like some so shockingly good stories on AO3 uh, about uh, cryptids. Um, the one that I mentioned earlier that I thought I should uh, mention, uh, the author is The Traveler Writes. And that's the one where we had the uh, Mothman at the, the comic book shop playing D&D. Uh, that one was a lot of fun. Um, and there was uh, one more that I wanted to mention was uh, Alia Likes Monsters or Alia underscore D, who has at least one story about a cryptid dating app called OK Cryptid, which is an amazing <laughs> pun. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks again, everybody. And uh, bye. I guess, I guess, how do I stop this from streaming? I go like this, and done. Bye. Yay!